Hey, what's good, people? This this podcast, this is episode 36. It's brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events. BVNE is the number one uh, get notice showcase in the, United, in the United States of America. Come play with us. It's also brought to you by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball. You're stuck here for the summer. You're at AAUs. You're at the AVP First. You're at Junior Olympics. Uh, don't have your coaches with you? Come train with us. A family that plays together stays together and also brought to you by my product my company ny varsity sports watching me watching you ladies and gentlemen i got wendy jones and the episode starts see if i can do this right right now all right here we are Listen, you demand, and whenever you demand, you shall receive, because me, I've got to give the people, I give the people what they want. Ladies and gentlemen, Wendy Jones, what's good? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. We were just talking, before we got on set, we were talking about, um just this COVID thing and like activities. And I asked you like, if there's any particular TV show or uh, program and um, you're not much of a TV person. So I was just, I, and I didn't <laughs> want to blindside you before we got on. So, but um, we were talking about last dance. Yes. I, I mean, loving that they have all that video from back in. That was my like entrance into being a major sports fan when Jordan was doing his thing. So I have, I looked forward to it starting during this whole quarantine thing and it started and every episode I've watched is incredible. I still haven't finished it because I am the worst television watcher on the planet, but um, I will finish it and fascinated with Dennis Rodman, fascinated with Jordan that like there's just so many stories in there. It's been amazing. The thing I liked about it is that it lived up to the hype. If you, um, for the people that, that, that are stuck on TV and I know some people are like, Oh, I don't watch TV. TV sucks. No, I, I love some TV. I just, it got a little lazy with the reality shows, but, but I love me some TV. So, uh, last dance, they promoted it for weeks. Yeah. So most of the time you promote something that's coming, it's coming and you're expecting something and, and you get, and you're just disappointed. No, 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 no. This lived up to the hype. <laughs> This oh, is, no doubt. You know, and, you're, and you're almost done. This is living up to the hype. And I'm not surprised at how intriguing Dennis Rodman was. I mean, if you never knew anything about him, you you, 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 you can guess a lot of that stuff correctly. And then he has his own uh, docu, docu-series, um, one or two things here. So I wasn't surprised from him. Jordan Jordan really was what the one everyone wanted to know, right? He's, yeah. Oh, he's the private sure. guy. You know, he's... he's, yeah. he's um. Yeah, he's the guy that that um stayed stayed away from the spotlight and let you know kind of let his game do the talking and and like this generation is like oh my god he's a deal <laughs> you know, he's and and you know they hadn't seen that footage and you just forgot like it had you know it'd been out of our view for a while and then you start watching that that footage and you just remember the magic of watching him play and it was. Yeah, it's just something else. And not to say there's tons of talent out there today, but there's just there will always be something about Jordan that takes me back and it's just it's too great to watch. Like it's just amazing. And the the other thing I like, this whole be like Mike thing, 
Um, I think a lot of people misinterpreted it. You know, you see him about, I mean, uh, in our day, we're growing up, we see him in the commercials and he's playing hoops with the kids, drinking Gatorade, you know, 30, yeah. what, 38 grams of sugar uh, or whatever is worse than Coca-Cola for Christ's sakes. Um, <laughs> but I think Be Like Mike was more like, take something that a lot of people don't think you can do and not only do it but excel at it and people might have misinterpreted that like be like mike like you're supposed to be this role model for kids you're supposed to go to church every sunday you're supposed to be baptized you're supposed to eat you know uh, um i don't know what the hell you're supposed to eat these days <laughs> that inspire yeah. the children but but he can in that case he can, he couldn't be your superman right well I, you know i'm always fascinated by the edge that it takes to, you know, maximize human performance. And, you know, obviously he did that and he had the, he had the talent and the skill, but you know, it always takes, there's always a mindset behind that too. And that's what I'm always most intrigued by because you give up a lot to live at that level. And you got to see that, you know, in, in the documentary, you got to see the behind the scenes and the mentality. And it was, you know, that's always my favorite part. It's my favorite part because it's old school. All yeah. right. Like, like it's, I'm a coach. I've been coaching for 21 years. You are um, a power mom. All right. You got, yeah. you got, you got power a, mom tur turning coach. You so got, I'm you, taking a lot of those principles that I've like used to raise my kid and kids. And, uh, you know, I've got two athletes and that are, you know, getting to that D1 level and um, getting, I'm raising two more and, it's the principles between parenting, coaching and teaching are all, you know, they're, they're just, they coexist. So they're, they're so similar. Very good. I'm looking yeah. down cause I'm, I'm sharing this actual podcast with uh, volleyball coaches and trainers, because I think people need to know um, your perspective. You're you, okay. You're a coach. You are um, a long time player. All right. Com yeah. Com oh my gosh. We got out there this morning for the first time. Made it to the beach, played some doubles. It was amazing. Life was getting back to normal. It was great. God, I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm going to start the end of June. I, um, Kelly Kelly, and Braxton are going to go to, uh, to Wisconsin. So um, I just want to make sure as far as COVID or being infected and, and all that stuff, they get there in one piece. They get there clean. Uh, beach Volleyball yeah. National Events, is, I think, is starting up the 16th for um uh -huh. and you know practice is going to start up and and my, my phone's blowing up with mass text because i have volleyball groups that sure. um you know the rare occasion i play there's a group there's always a group that's like hey and i'm like all right i'm coming i'm coming all right, all right, all right. yeah so um yeah so i'm, I'm gonna wait till the 23rd i got i got okay. one job to do and that's sit here and freaking watch movies and play video games and do my podcast i mean hey i mean this is the one time america's asking you not to do anything <laughs> It's true. That's true. And the, the introvert, the introvert in me has been pretty happy on a lot of days with this schedule, not running ourselves ragged, you know, it gives you a lot of time to write and produce and think. And um, it's, it, ha it actually hasn't personally been all bad. You know, I, I want our economy to get back to work. I want people to be able to be out and move. And obviously you want, you know, everyone to be healthy, but um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, contemplative change that's taken place in the last three months. So I'm always looking for the silver lining. And I definitely think people are, you know, it's made them think and think about their priorities and how they want to spend their time. So, you know, it's been, it's definitely been an interesting time. 
Okay, Wendy, I have a question for you. Sure. Do you know why I asked you back on this podcast? Uh, well, you put up a pretty bomb Facebook uh, post the other day. I commented on it, and uh, I think I only said four or five words, but next thing I knew, my phone rang. So I don't know if it has something to do with that, but I always like talking to you. <laughs> well, when you posted, I, I, I lost my mind. I was like, because every time you post, I, I scream Wendy Jones, okay? Oh, <laughs> Wendy Jones! Now I'm calling everybody by their first and last name, you know? Rob McLean, who, who I do the uh, um, Sports Debate Tuesday podcast Yeah, with. I've watched Rob McLean, Rob McLean. Yeah. Every, everyone's first and last name. Kelly Campbell, my freaking yeah. women. Braxton Campbell <laughs> Um This is why. Because since the last time you were on, up to this point... It's been a pretty miserable fucking country. <laughs> Don't ever leave us again, okay? Oh, Since thanks. our last podcast, we got hit with COVID. All right, we got we got um we we got hit with COVID. We have a, we had a Democratic primary that uh, between between someone you know someone who might not live because he's old and someone and if someone lives, someone might not remember if he gets a nomination against the Cheeto in chief. All right, so that's that's the whole political thing. We'll step back out and back in. So you got the COVID, then you have uh one case of police brutality too many that just made this thing uh um, not not just not just something that everybody just popped off all right mm-hmm. this not a spontaneous thing this was uh, um a pot of boiling water that just finally boiled over and these these are these are all the things that haven't ha- been happening since you've gone we haven't no volleyball right I'm a yeah. coach, so no coaching right I'm a color commentator no color commentating um um, got to do the, still doing the podcast, thank God. In fact, um, Zoom has actually um, helped me on the podcast because there's some people that can't make it in studio, some very interesting guests that are able to do yeah. it this way. So, um, so don't ever leave us again. <laughs> All right, you got it. <laughs> All right, so just for the people watching, Wendy Jones is the founder, and she is the 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 woman in charge. Um, woman in charge. She's the wick <laughs> um, of the Optimist Journal. Optimist Journal podcast, and um, um, I and she's also the uh, power mom, where all of her kids are like volleyball um, savages. You got a daughter at TCU, right? Where's your That's son great. going? What was that? Where's your son going? Uh, my son will go to Stanford play volleyball um, in the fall, assuming all goes to everyone nice. goes back to school and sports go back to normal. But that's the plan right now. So. I got a lot of people listening. You know, I have um, RP Sports Council, volleyball coaches and trainers, Central Park Volleyball. Me, you know, I'm, I get around. What is the secret? Um, let's let's just start from a domestic perspective. What's the secret, uh, or two or three things that you would uh, pieces of advice that you would give um, other volleyball moms whose kids are enthusiastic about playing um, a sport? Let's be more acute. Let's just say you get, the kids want to play volleyball. Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head there with um, kids, kids who are enthusiastic, you know, I I think to get to that next level, you know, people say, oh, you talk about your kid going to Stanford, like it's no big deal. Well, it's not no big deal. It's just, I'd never felt like it had a whole lot to do with me. I mean, I drove him, I fed him, I, you know, I listened, but they have to want it. That's the number one thing. They have to want it. It does not matter what we want when it comes to them showing up at practice. We can teach them to have a good attitude, you know, and I do think that is pretty huge in being recruited. Like I'm 
I've always told my kids, um, who obviously have had some athletic talent, if, if you're the best guy on the court, you better be the most supportive, you know? And I, I think if you bring up the players around you, that is, it makes for the best athlete all around, right? So, um, you know, that's one thing I always taught them. But really, in the end, they have done the work and they put in countless hours. I mean, my daughter was, she threw down the gauntlet and said, this is what I want to do. And she went out and she played those get notice tournaments. And she, she said, I, you know, I, she knew that the type of, she wanted to go to a big school with a football program. She loves sports and she made it to TCU with Hector and she's absolutely loving it. Can't wait to go back. So, you know, that's a win. You always want to see your kids thriving and happy where they are. So Texas has been great for her. Um, and, and it's Hector. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Getting, getting with a good coach is, is huge. If they have, you know, those role models outside of, of me, I always say, look for those coaches that want to be a role model, not just, you know, they're going to run you through your drills. And I'm, I'm big on the game of life. So I always am teaching how, 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 what you learn on the court applies to life, right? Because most of us don't end up playing professional. Some of us don't even play in college, but I think the things you learn in sports carry you, you know, throughout your life. So I, I have all my kids playing something because regardless of their level of talent, I want them learning to be coached, learning to show up for somebody else. And, you know, just that discipline that comes from it. No, no so. doubt. Yeah. And I think coaches being flexible like that, because there's more than more than one way to skin a cat. We were just talking about the last dance. Um, yeah. Jordan, um, as far as like motivating his players and, and the way he talks to his teammates, it was probably the only way he knew how. All right. Could he have changed? Yeah. yeah but there's there is a way that he knew how that um, his way of iron sharpening iron um, has built a lot of um, caras. Uh, um, how should I say thick skin players that that helped mm-hmm. that helped him win rings because the last dance is really about the Chicago Bulls. Is he the common denominator? Yes. But you got Phil Jackson, you know, who's a who's a personality that that can switch in and out. And you know, he's he motivates this guy. He he tells Shaq, hey, you want to do yoga? So so he he's he's someone, you know, that got eleven rings as a coach, but he has thirteen all together. He has two as a player. He played for the Knicks. Um, in yeah. 70 and 73, won, won two rings with the Knicks. So people forget that. He's got 13 rings. Um, and it's important for kids to be like that, to be interchangeable, because the the, day, the idiot savant is a dying breed. Like the, pers- yeah. like the person who's who's just this rigid character, they might be uptight and this and that, and they only do this one yeah. thing well, coach volleyball. Um, no. we, they, they were tolerable because they were so good at their job. Uh, yeah, bring mm-hmm. attention to Bobby Knight. All right, probably not the easiest guy in the world to play for. And we can, and we right. can go, we can go on and on. And I don't even think Anya Carrier is that that easy to play with. I think she's got a hell of a sense of humor, but but she's got a hell of a sense of humor because they've been winning a lot. Have you seen that woman when she when they lose? No, actually, no. I haven't. Everybody can get it. Uh, yeah. From the assistant coaches on down, you could talk. You could ask Dane. You could definitely ask Eric Fenoy Moana. I'm not going to blow yeah. up his spot on what happened. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. You know, um, with that. Um, but um, she got out the game. I mean, she could have stayed in as long as she wanted, but she was. It's an endangered species. <laughs> yeah. So, so very really cool that your kids are like that. I didn't have a chance to talk to your son a lot, but I've, I've talked to your daughter a lot without even knowing that you were the mom. Um, oh, just, great. There's just so many instances in that case. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So have you ever seen a show called The Wire? 
and HBO series. I have not seen The Wire. So if I've you, heard of it. If you binge, that's your next box set. Okay. All right. All right. Because The Wire brings up, is basically the state of the black man in an urban area um, as far as the foundation or, or just gives, gives someone an appreciation of what it, what it's like. It's, yeah. This is the setting is Baltimore. Okay. Uh, the setting is Baltimore. So this five part series, the first part is about the drug, the drug, whatever. The second is uh, seasons about employees, dock workers and this and that union guys. The third one is about um, politics, how politics comes into play. The entire fourth season, my favorite is about education, like kids in school, how to keep kids in school, how to keep them interested in oh. learning and this and that. And the fifth season was, I think a little of everything. The fifth season, uh, the, the lead guy, if there is a lead guy, is kind of, you know, with these kind of shows it's an ensemble cast but okay. dominic west who's officer mcnulty actually okay. invented a serial killer so his department could get funding <laughs> <laughs> well, the topics the topics sound really compelling yeah. i mean that's the kind of stuff i gravitate to when i read yeah um yeah i'm definitely you know combing the i'm i don't ingest too much news and actually i'd given it up qu for quite a while because i found the news pretty depressing um but they love those it and they love those, it. Yeah. Sorry. No, those topics you're hitting on are, you know, they're, they're, they're the topics of the day, you know? And I mean, the, at, when we start at the, with the basics of, you know, where's the starting line and knowing that the starting line for everybody is different. And if you have a certain segment of the population that, you know, has their starting lines way behind yours, you know, I, it's really becoming incumbent upon the people who are ahead not to just say we're not part of the problem because we're like we're not causing big problems. But if we're not actively helping, mm -hmm. we're now part of the problem because I think we're being called and hopefully so that this is a new this is a new charge. And we're going to we're going to do something that doesn't just last two weeks but people are fundamentally household by household conversation by conversation going to make a change because the power structures are broken, you yeah. know? Well, Dwayne Wade said, um, in order to have collective change, like the unaffected have to have to be willing participants. Um, and when he said the unaffected, a lot of people think are white people, but no, he, he's, he's African-American, but he's unaffected, unaffected. He, he changes zip code. He changes setting. Okay. Um, so like LeBron James, I mean, uh, is only affected because he he inserts himself into those things. You know, I mean, you want to talk about role models, right? Where I mean, Jordan's a role model because his let, he let his play do the talking. But if I actually wanted my kids to actually have a role model, it's, Le, it's LeBron James. His his yeah. entrepreneurship. He's he's been a he's been a better ambassador off the court than 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 Jordan will ever ever be. You know, on the court, yeah. Jordan's the goat. So we could just we could just skip that part. Jordan's the greatest of all sure. time. All right, five five MVPs, not just six rings, not just six rings, but six MVPs. You know, meaning yeah. they won the rings because of you. <laughs> so, um, so the, the 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 thing I liked about this this first of all, the central character McNulty only does one thing well. He, he he's good police, and he's terrible everywhere else. He, 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 huh. he cheats on his wife. He's a womanizer. He's a full-blown alcoholic. I mean, I mean, as far as Irish guys go, he's 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 even for them, it's pretty bad. Um, craps on you know uh, uh, 
reject superior, uh, you know, the man, superiority, defiant to authority, craps on his partners when he doesn't think they're doing everything right. But when he puts the suit or, or, or he's a, you know, plain clothes detective, there wasn't anyone better as far as solving cases and this and that. So, and, and I think he's an intriguing character because just like we were talking about with coaches, yeah, um, there are people that are only good at doing one thing. Like that movie, uh, that show Boston Legal, that little thing with William Shatner. Yeah. He's losing his mind. He had no memory left, but the only thing he can do well is, uh, was litigate. He, he was yeah. in the courtroom. You wouldn't even know. So, um, And I think the reason why they're a dying breed is because, one, the the um, the job can't save your ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is what they this is what they do so they can function in their everyday life. The, the, you know, uh, the job can't save your ass. And that's I mean, since you're going to be a coach and I could give you a piece of advice. Yeah. Get into it because you, you, you're you you're neck deep in it, okay? Both of us are, just just who we yeah. are. Volleyball's not what yeah. we do anymore, right? It's who we are. But right. make sure you have something out of that because when your um, um, enthusiasm becomes your career, uh, um, what do I call it? Your escapism becomes mm-hmm. your career. Um, it hurts too much when things go bad. Yeah, it hurts too much when things go bad, and you and and it's like quicksand. The deep, the harder you work, the deeper you sink until you find out you're in over your head. So, uh, for me, it's karaoke. For me, it, you know, it's theater performance. So, yeah. So when when my um, escapism became my career, you have to have that outlet because I'm gonna I'm telling you straight up, and you you maybe you see this because you're 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 experienced in life, but but maybe you don't. Just in case you don't, I will warn you: the job cannot save your ass. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I feel you. And I, I definitely like, I'm really big on kind of processes. I mean, having four kids and trying to do everything I do and every day, there's definitely a process to everything. But my process has become so much more, I don't really believe in balance, but I what I believe in is presence, right? So okay. whatever I'm doing, I'm finding joy in doing that thing. And yeah. then I'm going to move on from that thing to something else. And my every day, you know, it includes, you know, getting some exercise. I mean, it's been rough the last, you know, this quarantine. Oh, I mean, for you? Missing, yeah. Missing you? yoga, missing the sand, you know, that kind of thing. No pools, no ocean to swim in, like just crazy. But yeah, I, I'm with you that the, the balance of just, you know, sitting down to recover, to read something that's not like, because I need to learn this, but just for pleasure, all of that thing. Because in the end, it, it's all about becoming a, for me, it's about becoming the fullest version of the person I can become. And then I can help other people that way. So no doubt. Yeah. yeah. It's also liberating, uh, Wendy, you know, oh, like, gosh, yeah. like this podcast, some people consider media because I still get fed all, all kinds of information. Some I share and some, I, some, I'm just going to have to be be a ship that never reaches the port, <laughs> you know, with some of the yeah. stuff I know it can end careers. Uh, but I did do media for a year and just trying to get interviews and trying to whatever uh, is uh-huh. one of those things when people blow you off. It, it's and your passion and you care about it and you want them to care about you as much as you care about it. Right. So, and when they don't, it hurts. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. So, you get so, no. Yes. Yeah. So if you're what if, but if your strength and your weaknesses, you personalize your work, <laughs> watch so got to watch your back. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's so true, though. But I think that's why people connect with you, because it's not about being perfect. It's just about knowing that something that you have to say is significant, you mm-hmm. know, and believing that what you have to say is significant and 
these days, there's absolutely a way to get it out there. And if you change one person's day, does it need to go to a million people? If it if it's meant to go to a million people, it'll get there. If it's yeah. meant to change the day of, of one person, yeah, that's good too. You know, this thing is turning into a beast. I didn't. I mean, I just did it just just for fun. I mean, I did it, and now I'm putting. You know, I'm investing money in it because all of a sudden the viewership's gone up. Um, the Facebook uh, NY Varsity Sports, the Facebook handle started uh-huh. started like three three thousand views an episode. You you I think you got like six thousand the first time, um, and now it's like eighteen thousand views an episode. Um, had Fantastic. Rob, Rob Aspero, he's 50, yeah. 54,000 views, um, on Facebook, <laughs> you That's know, on Facebook, fantastic. the YouTube, not, not so much because they, I think they kind of want me to pay to promote it. So it's not popping up on people's wall. Like it's okay. supposed to, you know, like Wendy, if I, yeah. if, if I do a volleyball video and you watch a, vi- a volleyball video on YouTube of mine, what should pop up next to it suggestions are maybe other volleyball, at least other volleyball videos, not Kim sure. Kardashian. Okay. Not, 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 you yeah, know, not, not, not all <laughs> lives matter. Not, you know, not no nonsense like that. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so I'll give you an example. Um, Kelly Clay's. Yeah. And and I, I guess I, I have to blow up one person for episode per episode. So this is her, but not so much her as much as her her agent. Like she um, asked her, she's down. Come to come to the podcast. She's she seems cool. Um, yeah. my, I have a following that's like you got to have Kelly on the show. You got to have Kelly on the show. Is the reason why I even indulge, you know? Because for me, my ego won't let me pursue anyone i'll ask and either you you say yes or you say no you do you do you don't it's pretty that's the cool thing about a podcast instead of doing media where you have to get the interview for me it's you you do you don't so she said yeah i'm down she didn't say no she said yeah i'm down uh but i run everything through my agent you know i make sure so i emailed her agent about a date and time and he's like do you have any analytics and at the time my analytics were small so i said yeah i'm building up and i'll get back to you on that so when i built up got the viewership, gave my analytics on a Spotify, iTunes, whatever. And then he sets up a time, right? And I'm like, sure. So I set up the time. And when I go to, uh, when I meet, um, or I suggest a time, it's a three hour time difference. He, he thought it was three hours. And I'm like, all right, cool. That got confused. So he, yeah. he suggested time uh, Friday at 1130. Uh, um, and I'm like, sure. So when I hang up the phone, I'm like, wait a second. He could mean 8.30 my time. So what I do is, and I, he could mean Skype instead of phone. So what I do, first of all, I, I'm, I take my own money and I, and, I, and I hire a babysitter or I pay my babysitter extra cash to watch Braxton to make this possible. Eight o'clock, got, got the setup, my phone, nothing. All right, maybe he means 11 o'clock my time, right? Um, boom, nothing, whatever. So uh, one of the other suggested time was two o'clock. No call, no whatever. Uh, five o'clock, no call, no whatever. So four different occasions I, I take. And this is something like like Kelly or whatever. And, and some of these people that star power don't appreciate. You take time out of uh, uh, out of your day. You know, um, um, for the people that live in South Bay, there are people that have a life outside of volleyball. And I'm not trying to, trying to dead me down here because you bring nothing but joy. But I'm just giving you an example. Um, I spent pretty much that's pretty much my whole day waiting for a phone call and now i'm spending my own money uh, um you know paying people to cover because i have a three-year-old to watch a three-year-old so um and and from that point on i said all right i'm good i'm good and it's not me and kelly clays is not personal i don't even think she knows you know but but because but my rule is if you won't talk to me it doesn't mean i won't talk about you so i'm so so i'm so i'm, so I'm blowing them up i'm blowing them up on the show right now well, so. I'll, re- I'll remember i'll, I'll yeah. remember to always return your phone call so. yeah 
or make sure your agent uh, got his his ash together. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, listen, no, I, I agree with you. But you got a learning experience. You're like, okay, I can't even. I don't even get to talk to the agent. <laughs> I don't even get to talk to the agent. So, <laughs> so the the thing again, the thing I like about the sport, and we share this, and I brought it up, is because there you got that you got that sunlight out of your chin. <laughs> yeah, sunlight's coming in. I'm moving because there's a big. You look like spot. Bill Clinton for Christ. So you had like this light behind you shining. <laughs> um, I told yep. you my house is full of kids and dogs and cats, and mm-hmm. so I had to find a quiet spot. Yep. They say that about a few U.S. presidents, you know, like Trump has it too. Like people that ever met him personally, there's like this bright light behind him and, and it's shining and, and, and he is galvanizing like that. Bill Clinton was like Oh, that. yeah. Bill Clinton, you would just, people would just. Yep. It's like leave the screen. So, so no, it's, I, 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 I think it's very apolitical, very, um, yeah, very bipartisan. <laughs> That, that light is yeah, very, it, it, yeah. it goes with the job for yeah. sure obama yeah definitely him too yeah yeah it's charisma man they've it, got it it definitely is so um you've been stuck in the house for a little bit and happy to get out huh yeah like i said i, I really didn't mind the i'm a homebody so I, I enjoyed being home a lot i enjoyed having you know more dinners with my kids and walks after dinner and my heart's been going out to the moms of the people like you with the toddlers because my kids are big and we sit around and talk and they do their own schoolwork so yeah. it's, it's been not they're too activity bad. driven right yeah uh, yeah yeah so getting out there this morning though when i got back out on the beach and got in the ocean and played doubles and that's the stuff that you know you get back and you go oh my gosh this life is so great and you know it's the simple stuff but man i was happy to be back out there so yeah. it's also yeah. amazing that um how oblivious because this lifestyle that we live um and I, I i and we go we go full circle has made us oblivious to you know the the um the climate and what is escalated and what is boiled over where well, first of all, let's start. Um, I want to go COVID and then this. Where were you um, when your daughter called you and said her season was canceled? Well, I was at home and they were in South Carolina playing a, a couple of different, they had a couple matches back there. So it was their spring break, TCU spring break. So she was traveling with her team and they're in South Carolina and they had played, I think, two matches and then the third one was scheduled. And then that morning, the third one got canceled. You know, then they then they were sitting there for a couple more days. I, they were in South Carolina for another day or two, flew through Texas, picked up some stuff. Mom, I'm, you know, I'm coming home. By that point, we had figured out because my other kids' schools had been canceled. Uh, you know, Luke, they lost their whole high school boys' volleyball oh, season. Yeah. So that was canceled. The big match between Loyola and Corona Del Mar was scheduled to start at like 4 or 5 o'clock on the t- March 12th. Then- that comes crashing down. Done. You know, you think you're walking off campus and, okay, well, this will last a couple of weeks. Well, he graduated He graduated last Saturday, having never walked back onto campus, never finished a senior season. You know, that it, it's... What an uneventful you know, end. I know. And, it, you know, that's their perspective. That's like the biggest stuff that's happened to them yet. So, you know, in, in 20, 30 years, they're going to look back on it and see what they learned. But right now, it's it's been pretty crushing, you know, and they they've handled it well, but... You know, watching them, it's hard to watch your kids hurt, you know, and, and to not have a graduation and not have, 
you know, the, the, to finish your senior season. And now, like, his uh, club team not being able to go to junior – go to they won nationals last year at 17s, you know, to go back to 18s. See if you could be a repeat champs. The last yeah. year they would play, and now that's canceled. So, you know, there's been a lot of – heartbreak just on the sports front i mean who would have thought we would be not having the olympics like no oh. wimbledon no olympics no march madness like you want to talk about the things i watch on tv that's what i'm watching the reason so, we even have a tv right yeah exactly <laughs> Listen, i'm this close so, to cutting the cable and what's the only thing that stopped me is sports <laughs> yeah oh for sure i got a so, double monitor here um <laughs> I yeah. Have, okay. I have a, a double monitor, so so when the Olympics came, I could watch three different matches here on on my screen and on yeah. both TVs. Uh, I was ready, dude. I want to um sh show the audience the setup. I have a camera setup. I'm gonna go to one of the cameras and switch it. Sorry. Let's do that. So that's my screen. Uh, you don't see it. Um, uh, no. <laughs> that's the big. That's the big monitor. That's the other big monitor. We were, I man, I was ready to go. Of course, lock the door, <laughs> right? Lock the door. <laughs> Don't nobody come in yeah. unless 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 someone's dying or dead, <laughs> or yeah. unless you want to watch volleyball. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah. So, Wendy, man, when it comes back up, we should have a watch party. You just come oh, over. Oh yeah. Me, you. It'd, be, sure. it'd probably be me, you, Greg, and Miranda, or or, or yeah. Rob. I'm yeah. In. Just just a room where we 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 talk about everything, but we're watching volleyball. <laughs> and that sounds like my best life, right yeah. there. <laughs> like Joe Rogan has something called Fight Companion, where all of his his colleagues or close friends watch the fights together, and they don't even yeah. they don't even talk about MMA. <laughs> Isn't that I, I I get it, man. Good conversation on the the issues of the day with volleyball going on. That sounds no doubt like yeah. perfect to me. So, I guess do you think the AVP's done, right? You think the AVP's done for the season? God, I hate to think that, but it doesn't seem like you know anything's going back to normal before the before August. So, you know, do we get? be nice if we everyone got to go to hawaii in september right i mean oh my god what a vacation right yeah look we all got money right from canceled flights we all got that yeah, money no, that money waiting got, for know, us got credit with somewhere uh, <clears throat> delta i've got delta and southwest so yeah i'd be i'd be in <laughs> yeah well i want to go to new york and hawaii before the year's out that's what i want to do new york yeah. just because autumn is beautiful and and hawaii just for the avp i don't i'm not i'm, I'm probably not going to coach anybody this year the only one i got is probably rob mclean um okay and rafu when hawaii comes around i think he's the coach of san diego San Diego State or something like that so uh -huh. he's not there and Jake and Earl they're, they're with P1440 so with them they have free coaching um, yeah so yeah. so yeah you got like a whole bunch of coaches for free or you pay me to do it yeah you're gonna choose free <laughs> yeah unfortunately there's you know that's yeah. the pro one problem with volleyball is there's not a lot of money in it no but the people Lucky for us, a lot of the people are independently wealthy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we got a and, bunch and of rich, know, rich and, people and, coaching. You know, you know, everyone's doing it because they love it. Yeah, you know? no doubt. That's for sure. Well, for me, in my defense, you um, if they if you go the the route, there's multiple coaches and there's always like seven partners to train with. I get that, but 
what they don't do that I do is live in a video room like a hermit. There isn't there isn't a coach in P fourteen forty that's gonna prepare you for A V P tournament that that looks at the brackets, that watches video, uh, uh, up to date video on your on your competition, and that gives you you know four four ways to beat him or whatever. No, they don't. You know, like Pompeo, respect to him. Arturo, respect to him. But no, I'm Brazilian. I'm showing up. Here I am. Okay. So in my defense, where there there there's quantity, they're missing some quality. <laughs> So, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's a huge, that's a, a huge asset to have is that video analysis for sure. So yeah. John Mayer is loving it and it produces results. Like, yeah, like oh, since, absolutely. since I've moved here, since I've moved yeah. here, every, everyone that took a chance on me has, 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 has done well. Right. John Mayer nice. took me on, you, you know, a year later, they win WCCs, you know, Duran yep. took me on and the summers t- took off. No, um, Duncan Avery, you know, evolution. Sure. Um, he, he's he's crewed up with his coaching staff since <laughs> but yeah. you know i mean that first year we get as high as fifth in the country so um to my, my first yeah. year as a coach so the 16th so but right now they got tom chaffins they got kevin norman you got yeah. me you got you got a good a good crew of guys yeah, previously two, two of my girls two of my girls played for tommy so i'm, I'm yeah. a huge tommy fan isn't he awesome yeah is he all right is he old school is he it's, what's why how would you characterize him you know, I think he's uh, he's definitely got an old school vibe, you know, but I think what both of my girls really loved about him is that he gave good he gave good feedback. If you wanted to know what you had to do to get better, to make this spot, to be on the court, like he he gives you your stats, he tells you what you need to do and then he says go and do it, prove me wrong. Like if you think you should be playing, here's here's where I think you need to do and you know, good I think good athletes respond to that feedback and he gives it. So they yeah, respected him a lot for that. He's theater performance too. I've come yes. to a couple of games. He's so fun to watch coach. I've, I've come, I've, uh, I mean, oh, gosh, I, he's fun. yeah, listen, just yeah. like me in New York, there were some people that used to come just to watch me. He he's, he's the, he's the West coast Jason, except um more, <laughs> more bearable than I am. Um, yeah. But th- I'm serious. Like city, like there was a game city college. I think there was a crowd of people that came just to see, just to see what I was going to say. And then I was mic'd up after the first set, they took the mic off. <laughs> It was it was too much, <laughs> you know. Can't you can't imagine what you say to yourself that you hope nobody else hears. <laughs> yep, so true. Picture Bill Parcells. That's pretty Ooh. much who I was. Okay, I was Bill Parcells. <laughs> I was I was a mean cuss, but I was I was mean. I was the same mean cuss to everybody. So, you know, when you're equal opportunity like that, and and again, when iron sharpens iron, if they if they if, if they're still there, they're 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 mentally tough. Yeah, well that's I mean yeah. that's another thing that gets you to the next level, right? Is you gotta be able to take that stuff. I mean, you don't get to the highest levels of sports without being able to handle the iron. Sure, yeah. you know, I mean that's as far as working with coaches, John Mayer is the only one I've seen do it and the entire season kept the mood light. You know what I'm saying? Really? Like as far as emotional, yeah. not too emotionally high or low. I, I and I and I work with quite quite a few coaches. I'm I'm mentored by Mario Tribich. He was a head coach of um the Netherlands in '92 and '96, oh, okay. who won the silver and the gold. Um, so that's that's my mentor. He ain't no nice guy. You know, I've I've, yeah. I've got to see D- uh, Dane do some clinics. Um, Anna Collier. Uh, some of the beach coaches were talking about it. I did um yeah. worked with Alan Knipe. You know, high performance tryouts. Got to know him mm-hmm. a little bit. But John, right now, John Mayer is the only one that's like came came in Zen, came out Zen. 
And yeah. all of the players at the team meeting was like, there's no way, uh, I, I, there's no way we could play for anybody else. There was, there was like zero well, drama, you know? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause I think every athlete kind of responds differently and you have to, like, I interviewed Fallon one time and asked her, you know, how do you know <laughs> how you like, how does your energy work and how do you, how do you figure out how you perform the best? Cause some athletes perform the best when they're just on fire some, you know, they've got to find that calm center. So, you know, coaching, when you get to those highest levels, I'm, you can match your coaching up with the style of the athlete and how they perform the best, you know? I mean, yeah. as we're coming up, you need to learn how to, how to handle different coaches and different methodologies and different takes on coaching. And I think that's important. But I think when you get to the highest levels, you match with a coach that, that plays to your strength, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, 100%. Yeah. yeah, LMU had someone, uh, Bo Chulo. She's like the pair one her second year. She came in as a, a freshman. Um, uh -huh. She's one of these girls, like if you sent her hunting, she'll go into the woods with no hunting experience and come back with like like a moose and like drop yeah. the, you, you mean like this? You mean like this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> she was a fiery person, but I think John was good for her because um, – Fallon, I'm disqualifying Fallon as an example because Fallon's a special kind of person when it comes to, to going to being up and staying up. All right. Yeah. That that's a different that 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 can't be taught. That's what that you have that or you don't. Yeah, that's and, the and I think you have to be it. a little cray cray, right? Yeah. So, but John t teaches people, and I, and I and John brought me on because I teach people this. Um, big waves crash. Yeah. Big waves crash. Small waves, okay, this and this. So you want to be high, but not too high. Because only, I can only name five people, maybe, maybe five people that started high, stayed high, finished high. And and those are the guys, you're, those, and when you go against them, you're like, this person's demon possessed. They're still, yeah. they're still, what? Right. This is, this is the third match and they're still like that? What? Yeah. Fallon's, no. Fallon is that dude. And she's a girl. Yeah. Fallon is that dude. <laughs> yeah. I think most of us have kind of a window of, window of tolerance to use the a term. I don't know if you know Brian McKenzie in the art of breath. I'm super yep. big on his, his work. And, you know, he has this zone of, uh, window of tolerance for, you know, how we respond to, you know, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic and riding the wave of the things that come in to our lives. So, you know, that can be on the court or, you know, whatever's coming into your day. And you want to learn how to ride that window of tolerance rather than being way up here. And then you're going to sink way down here. And most of us don't, op that's not when we're going to operate at our best. No. And you have to consider, consider having a partner who can ride, yeah. who can yeah, well, not, not, not be up with you, but ride the wave with you. Yeah. Right. And make sure when the wave goes down, make sure the ship, the ship still floats. That's the best. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about analogies. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm on fire right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So some, so Fallon, she's fine. You know, she made semifinals last year. She actually had to beat Betsy Flynn and Emily Day to get to the semi. So, so um, she one of her better years on the beach, but it's really, to me, it's about whatever partner um, can ride that wave with her, you know, like she had yeah. Alexa, Alexa strange for a while. Which I still think is a, is the best match. I just I just I don't I, I yeah, mean they, I haven't just trying out different people too much with Corinne. I've watched him practice a little, and I think it looks pretty promising. Oh, is she back with Corinne. him? Corinne Quiggle. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's cool. What do you know? Where who Corinne uh, uh, Quiggle played for? I think she was a Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Yeah. That's cool. Pretty sure. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, people want to go to Pepperdine. The whole chain travels. <laughs> 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. The whole team travels, so so anyone interested, you know, that wants to know about that, they're happy about that. Um, yeah. Also, a pretty uh, relatively friendly team. You know, what I'm saying it's not. Some people, you, 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 and I'm good at reading people. They're doing that because they have to. And some yeah. people do it because it's like the correct the, the correct thing to do or the nice thing to do. And there's some people that are just authentically nice. And Pepperdine, I think, is very careful picking up people that um that are the 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 the, the, the latter. You know? Yeah, that definitely that, that that's huge. It makes a, a team experience a lot more enjoyable. You know, just watching what my daughter's gone. You know, she's um, having when you're traveling with girls, then you're living with them, and you know, you're you're together all the time. So that's a really that's a big deal. You want to yeah. get those personalities that you know want to be a team. I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on people who are being nice for its own sake too. I think that takes a, a special skill set too, right? I mean, that's important, but I mean, yeah. to, to perform well, in that respect is important and, and not seem like you're phony. Um, so, yeah, right? I mean, nobody, at the end of the day, if your game's coming, no one cares if you had a bad day. You either, you're right, either you win or oh, you lose. Yeah, it's, and I mean, it's a cold world. <laughs> All my life, I've heard, you know, nice is overrated, and maybe that's true, but, mm. you know, I think, uh, you know, having respect between your teammates, um, you know, understanding what everybody brings to the party, and really just wanting to have fun together because, you know, it, if you're not having fun, that call it the college athlete thing, it can turn into a job if you're not enjoying yourself, right? I mean, there's a lot of hours. So, you know, my daughter loves it, but there, yeah. it, it comes with its comes with its fair share of work, you know, so you got you got to enjoy the people you're with. Yeah, especially for college where you have to tell yeah. yourself, like, um, is this do I want this to be my experience for 12 months out of the year? My college experience, yeah. 12 months yeah. out of the year. And some people, maybe your daughter in particular, answers yes. Um, yeah, oh, you know, 100%. My, my, my girl, Kelly, my, the love of my life. Um, yeah. Uh, the answer was no. Like. Did she love volleyball? Yeah, she loves volleyball. She loves tennis. She loves golf. Um, yeah. Well, she, I just found out she doesn't love golf. She just wants to get good at it. She's tired of sucking at it. <laughs> and she said, ask any, any golf player if they love it. They don't. They just, they're just playing. Yeah, they're, just, they're, they're mean competitors. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like she's quite the competitor. Yeah, but, uh, you know, ends up going to Harvard, right? Do I want this to be my 12-month experience out of the year? And for her, respect to her, because because at a young age, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you get in and you're like, oh, my God, I want out. And and, yeah. and it's kind of too late. Right. It's yeah. kind of like wanting to be an accountant your whole life until you until you major in. And you're like, oh, my God, forget F this. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. So that's very, very important for the kids. And I think um, I I I got to stop crapping on people who smile for its own sake, you know, because in New York, you always want to point out who's phony or not. And that's then. And on my part, that's very unfair to them because because a smile goes a long way, you know. Oh, I think this yeah. these days, I mean, especially because we've had our faces covered like you got to smile with your eyes. Like I'm I'm a big believer in the smile, to be honest with you. Like I yeah. think one, <clears throat> it changes your mood. Like if you, you know, if you're down, you, you smile, it actually changes your brain chemistry. Your, and eyes, your eyes are also magnetic. No, oh, well, thank you. It's great. And that's, that's dangerous. Cause a lot of you, sometimes you have an, uh, a mask on and you look at someone yeah, and, oh, and no, you're friendly. True. They're like, Oh my God, I think she yeah. likes me. <laughs> and you're like, I don't like I, you. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't like having the mask on cause I don't like not being able to read a face. So I do try to read the eyes. Yeah. I can't imagine how many times they misread yours though. <laughs> <laughs> You're friendly. Your eyes are friendly. You're friendly to everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
that's true. You get, you, you get followed home, you know. They, then they find out you're jacked or whatever, and they see all these muscles. They're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick an easier girl that won't give me a, a three piece, <laughs> three piece and a soda. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, my, my, my daughter has that in her. I, I, no, nope. I didn't. Yeah. So, <clears throat> what are the episodes you missed out on? <clears throat> Miranda, um, and I forgot the female guest. We were, ta- we were talking about street harassment. Um, oh. It's mostly an urban thing, and um, and it's weird. Like as far as a guy wanting to compliment someone and at the same time um, not be over aggressive, right? Wh- where, where I wonder, where is that line? You know, where is? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm <laughs> one of those people that thinks like there's two things. I mean, chivalry isn't dead in my mind. No, you know, just, it's, I, it smells funny, but it ain't, yeah, it ain't dead. It ain't dead. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, a, a well-given compliment is, mm. you know, I, is not offensive to me. Right. Also, you know, I think if you have, if you know yourself, well, you have pretty good instincts. Like, you know, when you feel safe and when you don't. So it's always, to me, it's always about whether you have that feeling of, of safety. Um, and you're just having a conversation and you can lean in or you can back away. But you know, I don't, the, the world around here to me is not too threatening. No, it's so, you know, I don't, I'm not in the the big city all that often. Um, I still believe in one-on-one human connection. Like I, I will talk to anybody in a coffee shop. I will. And so, yeah, you do get into those situations where you're like, Oh, did I say too much? But I, I'm just such a believer in, in that that one conversation that's going to change your day or someone else's day but can you appreciate how much fun it was asking you this question because <laughs> the whole time you're answering it she's like you're really asking the wrong person <laughs> i did it just for fun it's it's my podcast you <laughs> <laughs> good answer though i mean because to, to me i was like i'm definitely asking the wrong person because you're you're chill with everybody <laughs> you know and 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 you're also in an environment where where you, you're not getting cat called, you're not, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm pretty thankful for, you know, where I am and where my kids are growing up and, you know, knowing that we're, we're incredibly fortunate to have a very, you know, pretty safe environment to be raising them. So, yeah. Kid going to Stanford. I love that. Outside yeah. hitter? Outside hitter, yeah. Yeah. It's the Harvard of the West Coast, um, Wendy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's cool. been gone. He's been going to Stanford football games since he was a kid. So um, his dad went to school up there. So his dad played football there. So Luke's been going to Stanford games mm-hmm. and been a Stanford fan his whole life. So th- it's a dream come true for sure. Where'd you go? I went to Cal Poly San Luis. Absolutely oh. loved it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Still one of my favorite areas of the state for sure. Dare I ask what you studied? Sure. Um, I was an ag business major, which nobody around here has even heard of. So my family farms in the Central Valley, and I thought I was going to do what they did. And, um, you know, I'm still involved in, it's a family business, so I know what's going on, but I, I couldn't, it just, it wasn't for me. Like it, I needed to do, you know, I, looking back, I could have been a journalism major, um, psychology, journalism. Those are my I'm a writer. I love to write and psychology and just figuring out human nature is so my thing. So a lot of what I'm doing now 
has nothing to do with my background, but I'm thankful for it. I love what my family does. And, you know, there's a, there's a really rich history there. So that's nice. cool. Yeah. Good, again, good podcast, right? The, op- <laughs> the option meets the optimist journal. The yeah. student of human nature meets the freak of human nature. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably have a lot to say what's going on in our current climate too, right? I mean, um, as you know, on Facebook, I kind of broke my silence. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to just read it again, but... Um, um, it was it was really brilliantly written. Um, and you're... you're, you're your lens on it is is so interesting. I really appreciated the way you wrote about where you had come from and the the, the places of service you have been and the your background. It it really speaks to the to the time because you have so many different you know qualifiers. You know, for me, I think we've really hit a place where people, frankly, who have lived the life that. I lead need to sit back and listen more than we talk, Mm -hmm. you know, and ironically, one of my biggest leading into this summer and clearly not knowing we were going to end up in this historic time with, you know, the protests and everything that's gone on. I I started this quarantine reading um, two Maya Angelou books. I have a huge Maya Angelou quote in my. um, One one of them, Cage Burt. What was that? It's, I, uh, it's, I, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I, I read, uh, I read, um, Mom and Me first because it's her, about her relationship with her mom and it was just beautiful, which, yeah. you know, that, that parent to child relationship is huge. But man, she had, and I listened to her on a podcast, you know, that she had done with Oprah before she passed away and her, her wisdom, you know, just surpasses pretty much anybody for, for me. Like, talk, she's my number one right now. So, that kind of led me to start thinking about, you know, the things that she was subjected to in her life and how she overcame those. If you can rise to the level that that woman rose to and had, you know, the trauma inflicted on her that I believe in the power of every human to do that. But, you know, we are in a place where collectively as a society, we, people are, held down by generations of psychological not, you know, not belonging. And I can't imagine, you know, the implication generation after generation of being told that you don't belong. You know, it's, it's different. You know, I can, like, I can think of the few times in my life where I felt like I don't belong somewhere and it hurts like heck, right? It, it hurts. So you think about over and over and over again, that is seeping into a family lineage and a culture that people like me need to just sit back and ask, you know, listen to the dialogue and be the change. I mean, but, but how do I, how can I be the change right now? I think I can be the change by just being open and listening and not taking offense. You know, you were getting into the cancel culture thing and, People need to have a right. It's fully have a, loaded, you know, wasn't it? <laughs> that yeah. and the dialogue ooh, had everything yeah. in it. <laughs> Sorry, dialogue man. is is healthy if we're not feeling threatened, right? So if we can give people the environment to where they don't feel threatened, and for you know people with my background to to be able to ask questions and not feel like we can't, and just see where that dialogue can go. You know, I do think it's done one person, you know, with every interaction and then we can go, you know, what can companies do and what can neighborhoods do and we can build it up from there. But, you know, we're all human beings. 
The we op- need to just keep talking. The, yeah, the operative word you said was listen. Okay, yeah. very important. Just listen. Listen to whole sentences. Listen to the whole listen to listen to everything. Take it in. Um, ask questions. Then they form an intelligent response. Uh, so that's the operative word. My my operative sentence in that whole my whole diatribe was um uh, get over yourselves. You know? Yeah. Um, for the people that never experienced this, I'll give you another example. Let's say let's say you're a woman and your boyfriend cheats on you. Right? And let's say yeah. you say, Oh my god, men are dogs. If you're a guy and you hear a girl say that men are dogs and you're like, oh, I take exception. I never cheated on her. I never did this. It's not about you. There's no. a time. There's a time to shut the fuck up. There's a time to shut up and let let whatever. So that's why this whole uh, um, uh, all lives matter. Yeah, sure. Sure. All lives matter. But all lives don't matter. You don't. It, that is not the time and place to say all lives matter. I'm sorry. Uh, you, yeah, you, you're not disrespecting all lives by saying black lives matter. All right. Um, yeah, I no, am. It, it's, okay. It's speaking to that one, the one trauma that has been inflicted. Like you don't, when, when, when your partner needs to hear, I love you, mm-hmm. you don't say, well, I love everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. You say like, I need to speak to this trauma right now. It and everybody need- else get over themselves. Yeah, exactly. It's not your turn. Like, and that's okay. There is a turn to say, there is a time to say all lives matter. I get that. But like, like we just said, now's not that time. And, and listen, I don't, I don't have a white whisperer. Okay. I, um, my father's white. My mother's African-American. I came out of the womb of a black woman. I grew up in Flatbush Avenue. I'm born in Coney Island, okay? Cary Gardens. Okay. Not to be confused with Carroll Gardens for the people that, that moved to New York, okay? Cary Gardens is the projects. They have a group of roaches that could not be stomped, exterminated, or beat down, all right? Um, I'll give you an example. My mom. Uh, worked for a law firm. She, they had a limo service take her because um, she worked till 1230 at night. They had a limo service take her back home, drive her home. So there were cops that were doing random stops because there was a gun running. Uh, there was a gun running, um, I guess, scandal or project going on upstate New York where they were people were buying guns legally and then and running them into the city. Um, for drug deals and this and that. So what happened is they stopped the car, which she found bizarre. I mean, the driver's white. They ask the driver for a license. They ask the driver to get out of the car. He gets out of the car. They make her roll down the window and they're like, do you have some ID? So she's like, why? Why Why do I need to show you ID? And they're like, don't. don't. Now, listen, normally if someone says that, if you have people out there saying, if the police ask you for, to do something, you just do it. No, no, because if that person were white, wouldn't have been asked for ID. Maybe she would have, maybe she wouldn't have. But, and if that person were white, and if the, the white person asked why, the police officer would tell her why. Instead, because she's black, he says, don't be a smart ass, get out of the car. And she's like, no, I'm not getting out of the car. You know, he pulls her out of the car, throws her to the ground. My mom's in her 50s, okay? Puts his knee in her back, all right? And, and she spends like the entire night in jail. This, this, this situation where, where public servants, people we pay, that, that, yeah. that work for us decided to 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 put to make the situation totalitarian, milita- mm-hmm. almost militaristic. All right, yeah. like he's a soldier or a sentry instead of a cop. Um, yeah. so whatever she sued the department. They're, they're taking it out of his check. <laughs> he he went shopping, saw her, rolled his eyes at her. It is what it is. Okay. Um, I have an uncle, a younger uncle, 
Someone tried to rob him. He took the gun and tried to rob the guy back. The cop shot him. Stuff happens, all right? I have another uncle, 13 years in the military, African-American. Sorry, 30 years in the military, retired master sergeant. 27 to 30 years in the military, lived in Indiana, was accused of statutory rape, uh, a crime he did not commit, was kept in a room for 22 hours in an attempt for them to coerce a confession. Now, most of the time, they'll tell you you get to go home if you say you did it because that's how they treat people. They don't treat people like humans. They treat people like pieces of crap. And, and sometimes those tactics are necessary and sometimes you, 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 you just effed up. So my yeah. father ended up having to drive out to Indiana, Indiana, lawyered up, got me, got us a nice Jewish guy, family lawyer, got him out. My grandmother, African-American, and when I say African-American, dark. You don't look at her and think Dominican. Like Jeff Samuels, her blackness mm -hmm. does not sneak up on you, okay? So she got arrested for planting vegetable gardens in the projects in Queens, <laughs> in Astoria. <laughs> so she has a cane, they physically manhandle her and throw her into the car sideways. And what they don't know about her is she is in constant communication with the state senator and, and assemblyman and, and whatever, because the older you get, you get the more you start getting, uh, you're, you're not uh, a partisan. You, whoever's in charge, they elected him. This is what I need. You know, I don't even know if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Um, right. So those cops got, got it. Got, the chief got it from all the way down because you arrested a woman who who's 81 years old. I just gave you how many? Four four cases. Not not people you see on I saw on TV that I don't know. Right. Not a friend of a friend. Not oh I have two black friends. That's what happened to his mother. That's yeah. my family. Yeah, that's my family. My mom spent a year in the forest because she was interning for the district attorney's office. So she, she used to ride with the cops, you know, so it's yeah. so I'm for for the police. But I'm, I'm but some but they have to stop protecting each other. They have I to agree. stop. They, that, that's where that's where I'm coming from when I say the power structures are broken. Right. I mean, I. I can't fathom a system that protects people who do the things like that you are you know, you, you just listed off or that we've seen in the news, you know, it, it just, you know, and it ruins that it, it, it ruins the rap for the good guys. And there are good, you know, there are plenty of good guys doing that job. And I believe that, but yeah, my first love's a cop. No, there's no coincidence here. And, and, you know, the only thing I've had a hard time listening to lately is that, that there, you know, it's some kind of a myth because there's just, there's too much over, there's too much proof to say that it's a myth. You know, Do you know just, why people think it's a myth? Because they spend an awful lot of time um, when this happens, and you'll you'll agree, you might agree with me, or you might not. They spend an awful the news spends an awful lot of time backtracking the history of the suspect mm -hmm. and not the cop. This 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 thing with 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 our, our guy nine, and I can't even believe his name escapes escapes me. And now I'm going to read it and remember it for the rest of my life. Um, this is one of the times they actually examine the history of the cop. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I, when, they, when they did that, I said, whoa. And what? maybe, yeah. Okay, See, maybe so this changed, but it didn't, I mean, and look what they found. Yeah. 18 complaints. Mm-hmm. 18 complaints. And the reason why I said it's, it's internal, because if you're a cop, Wendy, and I'm a cop, and someone, someone on our guy, one of our guys is getting uh, 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 complaints filed against him. Don't we go to the captain and say, hey, can you do something about this before he kills someone? Can you yeah. do something about this before me, before he goes too far? 
and kill right. someone. So that's um, so I made that post because it came from an emotional place. Okay, I am black and I'm white. I'm I'm yeah, suffering and- here. I'm suffering here. I'm, yeah. I'm suffering from my black brothers, and I have white guilt. Yeah. <laughs> all all, oh, all rolled up in one person. <laughs> you got a lot of confusion in there, man. That's that's a, it's. But you know what I what I really liked about your post was um, you know the other point that you made about talking you know speaking from your heart or speaking from your head right? And we only have our own perspective to go on. My life is what it is. Like, I don't know what it's like, and I never will know what it's like to walk down the street as a black person, right? But if we don't share our perspectives, and we don't listen to each other, our perspectives never grow, and they don't become richer, they become more isolated, right? Right. So if we can't listen to each other, and we can't dialogue respectfully, how, how are we going to have a society that grows together, right? So that is incumbent upon everybody to try to diffuse and, 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 and listen, right? Now, I believe right now it's, it's more on the people who have not experienced this outrageous, you know, unsafe just feeling of, of not belonging. You know, it, it's more on us to listen right now. And I, but we do have to be able to speak from where we're coming from and and then let let our perspectives grow because we're talking to each other you know yeah well here's the post for some reason that last part got cut off i, I tried to find it on facebook oh, yeah? and, and i think in the attempt to edit it it said lastly if someone does or says something and i got cut off but i have it here if okay. someone does or says something they don't fully comprehend and they are regretful and apologetic. Please learn to forgive. So now, now we're, 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 we're entering a different wave, right? Um, right? Sometimes they're not exposed for who they really are. And this because you hear that a lot. Oh, he got exposed. He got exposed. Like Drew Brees, I heard someone say he got, um, he got exposed. And he didn't get exposed. He said these things on, on, on Twitter. It's not like he hid the post. It's not like it came from uh, something he tried to delete and hide. He didn't get exposed. Right. So I, I didn't think that applied to Drew Brees. And, um, and I said sometimes their errors and apology are explicit as they are open and notorious, meaning when when they say sorry they really mean it yeah <laughs> um sure. and lastly sometimes what they're saying and this is the part i think you like sometimes what they're saying does not derive from what is in their heart it derives yeah. from from what's missing in mm-hmm. their head right they got their head in the sand they got their head in the sand and i mean on on a worst case scenario they're ignorant to the facts and when i say ignorant i don't mean in an insolent fashion i mean they just don't know any better yeah they haven't been exposed. Yeah. yeah. I have a list. I have a top 10 list of people who, who messed up and apologized and should not be cancel cultured. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, yeah. Al Franken's one of those guys, you know, you know, mm-hmm. he, he felt someone up on Saturday Night Live 10 years later. She had a problem with it. He says, my bad. I apologize. She accepted his apology. They still cancel cultured him. Yeah. You know, they canceled him because the same time they were going after Trump about the grabbing by the pussy thing. And oh, they're like, okay. we, we can't say we forgive him and and not forgive trump so so his yeah. own his, so his own people had to bury him um and i don't i don't even know how why i went there i'm so, sorry about that well no i mm-hmm. I, I, I see it i mean you're, you yeah. have a list so yeah and i i do think you know you can't i'm not i'm not big on the cancel culture i'm big on listening and 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 really being able to I don't know how you trust intention, but I, 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 I trust my intuition a lot. And you can tell, to me, you can tell if someone is sincere or 
you know, if it's an apology that's being pawned off on someone else or, you know what I mean? There, there are sincere apologies out there. Yeah. And we're not out there trying to make people forgive. We're just asking people to listen. Yeah. Because people, they're shaking their head before they even see the apology. They already yeah. don't forgive right. before. How do you know if it's authentic? You don't, you, you're not even hearing them out. You're not listening. The why yeah. is important, right? Right. Because the why is ignorance. I mean, not, and not stupidity. That's something yeah. else I said. I can tolerate ignorance. Yeah. I can't tolerate stupidity, Wendy. Wendy, Wendy, uh, um, stupidity is protected ignorance. <laughs> True. Those people that are not forgiving, a lot of them are stupid. Well, yeah, and yeah, a lot I of said them are it. Hurt. Sorry, go ahead. And yeah, and and when you're hurt, you you if you if you continue to live with that self protection and you're not going to listen, like you really do. For forgiveness to happen, you kind of have to step outside of your own hurt, and it, it can be a racial issue, it can be a boyfriend cheating issue, it can be whatever it is that is hurting you. You know, forgiveness in in the end, forgiveness is for ourselves. Yep. And it's secondary for the people that are being forgiven, Agreed. right? I mean, the forgiveness frees us first. It frees us to listen, right. frees us to move on with our lives. It frees us to have new opportunity because if we see, stay stuck in that place where we're hurt, which on the you know racial issue, there's clear reason why that hurt runs so deep. But at some point, you know, we have everyone, no matter what your hurt is, we have to start working past the hurt. So. Yeah. Hopefully we're getting to a place where we can do that. Yeah, hopefully. Because that's we if we're talking about role models or role models for our kids, yeah. right, our kids are watching us. If yeah. we don't forgive, at some point people are gonna stop saying people people are, are not gonna apologize. People are gonna and yeah. kids who are still psychologically developing their brain are gonna look for reasons why they're not wrong. Cause mm-hmm. it's cause it's uh, cause this whole, you know, walking around with his backpack this person's never going to forgive me uh for something i did nobody's going to admit mistake. nobody's going to own up to their mistakes right there's, there's going to be rationalizations behind their mistakes in every facet and yeah. our children's psychological growth i'm not even talking about adults because some of them they're just so far it seems like they can't come back even though you and i believe everybody can come back this because right? because we're, yep. we're, we're optimists like that you know we yeah. are giddy optimists in fact you know absolutely yeah at least you that show optimism, me that optimism yeah. comes with hard work though yeah. man you gotta you know you gotta put in the work to keep the framework you know the the perspective working for you it's not blind optimism. It's definitely, it's, 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 that's why I say, you know, every connection matters. It's, it's, that's how, when you look for the best in people and you give them that chance now, yeah, you're going to get burned sometimes, but I still believe like we, we're all, one, we're all more alike than we are different. And if we can just listen to where we're different, you know, we're, that's where the world gets great. Yeah. And that's where relationships get great. You know, I mean, that's, it's a, I, I, I'm, I'm working. That's where I want to live. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did I just inspire something you to write about? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I've always got, I've always got a, a the, the blog is always running. So. I like that. What's, yeah. who was your most recent guest? Um, I actually haven't been doing interviews. I've been writing. Um, I'm doing something called everyday optimism. I have a subscription now, um, on Patreon. So what you can do is get a, get a, an email with, from me every day with, uh, a quote and a blog, a little micro blog. It's about, you know, 100 to 200 words and then a daily action that is going to help you train your mind to be more optimistic. And um, so I'm growing that. I'm growing my blog. I'm growing my coaching practice. And I do want to get a podcast going like you, but I, I, 
four kids and a bunch of stuff going on. So it's, uh, it's, everything's always a work in progress. So, yeah, listen, when I was and doing I still like to sleep at night, so definitely. <laughs> hey, listen, when when I was doing the tube cast, you were in the room a lot. I would definitely like to make that happen because, you know, I mean, Howard Stern. I mean, you might be the Howard Stern. I may be Robin. I mean, when that's all done, <laughs> she's like, no, well, you, uh, well, you know what? You've got the tech side down. If, you, if there's something that scares me, I'm like, good Lord, I don't want to deal with all that stuff. You got it down. Yeah. If I oh, can just man. pop in. I'll come talk to you anytime. But all those microphones and headphones, I'm that is so yeah. not my thing. And you know, this room gets hot. Yeah, I can deal with that. <laughs> I'm from Fresno. You forget. It's true. I do. I'm, I'm You're like, cool. I'm hot right now just talking to you. I see, <laughs> I see the sunlight and the sweat glistening right now, Wendy yeah. Jones. I'm not sweating yet, but it's uh, it was pretty warm out there today. No, no doubt. No doubt. And cancel culture um, before, and I know at some point we got to go. Um, cancel culture, I think it goes too far when um, a news outlet get, uh, or a media outlet gets a hold of it. They spin it, and then yeah. the people that follow that media outlet are just calling for your heads. Like Joe Rogan, they've come yeah. after him a lot of times. They they try to cancel culture him twice, but right now he has such a he has such a following that people that get what he's talking about, they're like, do do what you got to do. If you don't like him, don't listen. We're not. We, he ain't yeah. he ain't going nowhere. Well, he got a hundred million dollar deal, Spotify. Amazing. He and just signed a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. That's that's the great thing about platforms these days is, you know, we're moving away from the powers that be mm-hmm. and people are finding voices and places to raise their voice. And I yeah. think that's super empowering on a when I say I, I think every person can make a difference. Like it's very empowering to be able to put your voice out there. Yeah. And you don't have to be on CNN or on Fox News or, you know, whatever. And, and then have the spin like you're it's up to each person to put their perspective and their spin and then let all of that come together. You know, people also need to be self-honest too. Like I'll give you an example of a good cancel culture, NASCAR, um, trying to remove the Confederate flag. Fine. Uh-huh. You know what? It's time for a flag change. Anyway, we're good with it. Didn't, doesn't mean shit. You know, um, yeah. the show cops has been, um, canceled because of whatever at least temporarily canceled i just found that out um and i think that's where it goes too far because in fact if you look at the show cops you don't see brutality you see you see a lot of physicality and you see a lot what's going on and and honestly if it's on camera man those cops are gone anyway i mean it's on national tv um gone with the wind got pulled off of hbo because of uh, um because of racial epithets or insinuations. And that's where I think cancel culture has gone too far. You don't get rid of the historic. You don't get rid of stuff that's already happened because that's a time period, that's a timeline, and we have to appreciate and always remember what it was like back then. In fact, we we can call that part of Gone with the Wind satire. We, you know, yeah. we won't call it oppression because the, the more we get to understand each other, um, the more we can we can we can just say that is that was what it was, and that's not that's not that's not now. It can't, yeah, and that doesn't exist anymore. And yeah. I do think like it's 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 on us as parents, but also just you know something that's lifted my spirits is I really do think each generation has gotten better. You know, at, at I mean, if you think about this, is like random but i mean think about watching an episode of the little rascals yeah i mean are you kidding me like that stuff wouldn't fly today and that's what was on tv like oh we're just gonna talk about throwing like racial racial epithets and 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 stereotypes but that was just 
playing on the TV and nobody thought yeah. anything of it. Well, that doesn't fly today, right? No, I it mean, doesn't. You're going to have buckwheat talk like that today. See see how that turns out? Has Tiny no, exactly. talk like the dumb black person or whatever? That, that's no, stereotypical. if my kids saw that, they would be like, what the heck is <laughs> You know, you know, <laughs> I mean, okay, I admit it, they got it right. This generation, yeah. they got it right. Uh, let's, uh, hey, but the same people, how many black people you think watched Duke, watch Duke, Dukes of Hazard when I came out? Oh man, the big old, yeah. the General Lee with a big I, ass oh, Confederate so flag. You know, I love kid, that. I don't give a, I don't give a damn what the PC politically correct person says. Kiss my ass. I loved me some Dukes, Dukes of Hazard, and oh a lot of people, and the same people Friday that night? were, yes, yeah. the Incredible Friday Hulk. Nights. Right, the Hulk, yep, yeah, Dukes of Hazard, exactly. and Dallas. Yes, the, the yeah. Hulk, Dukes of Hazard, and Dallas. Who yep. shot Jr.? Come on. Oh yeah, that I mean, the my, news. yeah. My parents, my parents used to tell me I had to go to bed when Dallas came on because I wasn't allowed to watch that. Same, so. <laughs> same. But when the new, when, but when it actually made mainstream media, media, who shot Jr.? I got told oh, yeah. they, they're like, oh, oh I re- yeah, I yeah, remember me- that. That was the cover of People magazine. No, but the self honesty thing I'm talking about. Are you- yeah. For the people listening out there, are you trying to tell me, you, an African-American uh, in my age group, you trying to tell me you didn't watch Dukes of Hazard? You're trying to tell me you aren't singing just the good old boys. You you are full of it. You are full of it. I grew up on Flatbush Avenue. Everybody got their butt in the house to watch the Hulk and the Dukes of Hazard on Friday night. Okay? Yeah. SNL was off and on. When Eddie Murphy hit SNL, that, that attracted a bigger African-American population. And then there was something called Uptown Comedy Club, which came out the same time as SNL. So a lot of people in my neighborhood, and I lived in Harlem for also for 12 years, were watching that instead. It was like uh, it was like a black guy's SNL. And it was on okay. Channel 5, and it came, it came, it was on the same time. It was like 11 to 12, where SNL is more like 11.30 or whatever, whatever, right. what, what time, what, what have you. But it's one of those things where, your friends watch Dukes of the, Dukes of Hazzard, they're not racist. They're not yeah. on their knees worshiping the General Lee. You know, they're not wearing Confederate flag, you know, bandanas over their Yankee hat. You, don't be an right. idiot. Don't was, be an idiot. Understand our time. ignorance and forgive. Understand yeah, our it ignorance was, it and forgive. Time. It, yeah, it, it, we don't have to go back to it, but I agree. I mean, it, 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 you have to understand where you've come from to understand where you're going, you know? Yeah. Definitely love people to tell me I don't get it. I just, I just, you know, and there's a lot of it I don't get, but, but what they're talking about, um, a lot of their racism takes over. They, they see a white, I'm a few shades lighter. They assume yeah. I don't get it. And I'm just like, yeah, cause and I'm just can, like, you're, you're, you're right now you're becoming every bit the racist that you, 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 you point out other people to be, you know, racist yeah. be me, meaning the dictionary, meaning one's, um, innate inherent belief that one is superior or inferior based on their race. You know, right. people need to be careful with that. You know, yeah. I got white well, guilt. I'm a, I'm a black guy and a white guy and I got white guilt and black oppression. Yeah. And, and I, and yeah, you sit in a very interesting position and you yeah. know, the, another book that I read um, in the last few months is called white, white fragility. Yeah. And again, I bought this book before any of this, yeah. you know, came on the scene. <laughs> and um, you know, one of the things I really took from that book was that, you know, there's, there's prejudice and anybody can be prejudiced, right? But racism really becomes racism when somebody has a distinct power advantage over another culture, right? Which, which installs and still the, and the inherent belief. Yes. Right. So that to me was a very big distinction because you can say, Oh, well, you know, and in, you like what you're describing in your position, you, you're saying, I, I could feel like someone has prejudice against me either way. 
right? Because it's either the black guy saying saying you look too white or the white guy saying Ooh, yeah. Man, I, but, I I got I spot racist on every <laughs> I pick them up all over the place because when you're mixed, boy, they look at you differently, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, it seeps into sports, right, Wendy? For a long time, when you see a black quarterback, doesn't doesn't our doesn't racism in in our minds take over, including other black people? Doesn't a doesn't doesn't another black football fan assume that that guy can run because he's he's black and he's a quarterback? You know, it's, which is which is very much a white problem because they don't they don't understand that the guy could throw and he does hot reads. You look at him, Lamar Jackson, Lamar yeah. Jackson, the experts were saying for him to come in as a wide receiver. All right. Mm. I'm not talking about the 80s. All right. I'm not talking about Warren Moon, the shit he had to go through. I'm talking about something as recent as last year and the year before. The, yeah. the experts, uh, um, John Jaworski was like, this guy's not going to be a quarterback in the NFL. He should be a wide receiver. Do you appreciate how stupid people feel right now? The guy yeah. was MVP. Like he was, there were the Ravens were fourteen and two, yeah. A, a stout defense, you know, stout front seven, bend but don't break, and the guy got a regular season MVP. Oh, by the way, the guy who won the Super Bowl, uh, um, Patrick Mahomes is African American, who right. by the way was the MVP last year. By, oh, yeah. by the way, if you had to give me a top five quarterback selection uh, for the NFL, four of them are five are, are black. <laughs> Right. So what the fuck are people talking about? You know, when and when is that that stereotype? Oh, he's got strong legs. Uh, you know, he he runs fast. He, he should probably be a wide receiver. No, the man's a quarterback. He's just a yeah. super super athlete that is to be respected for his mind as well as his body. Yeah, five quarterbacks. Sure. How about Dak Prescott? How about Russell Wilson? How about all yeah. uh, Mahomes? Four of my five top quarterbacks were Brady being my boyfriend. Um, um, uh, um, <laughs> maybe the white guy's on top of the heat. Maybe he's in the middle of that pack. But the, my point is, they're, they're, they quality quarterbacks in the NFL, quality starting quarterbacks are now the majority for African-Americans. Yeah. Coaches for a while. I mean, that, that diminished a little bit. But uh, the, the, the conference that the Ravens win, for a long time, three of the coaches were African-American. Mike Tomlin. Mm -hmm. Who yeah. I think is the best coach outside of Bill Belichick. Really? Yeah, last year he had no Ben Roethlisberger, no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell, and they finished eight and eight. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, is the same record the Dallas Cowboys finished with all of the talent they have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, yeah. There yeah. were a lot of disappointments in that season. Yeah. Well, no one's saying Jason Garrett is better than Tomlin and <laughs> so. But yeah, Hugh Jackson, Tomlin, and um, Marvin Lewis. Those were three coaches that were all in the same conference. Never mind, you know, the NFL. Uh, Bowles from yeah. the Jets. Um, mm -hmm. The guy in Miami, who I'm glad they didn't get rid of because they had nobody. They were scheduled to finish 0 and 16, and they finished 5 and 11. They fought. He had nobody, but man, those guys will go will run through a wall from they fight. And, and his name. Um, I'm terrible with names, you know that, but he's he's yeah. he'll be back with them. So I'm I'm very very happy that they're keeping him. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, we sure know how to cover some topics. Yes, we do. And when this all settles down, I got it. I mean, my 50th birthday is around the corner. Got, oh, nice. Yeah. Next person I have in the room, I got to have you in the room with me because um, you you've been following the podcast and you have you you've taken interpretive notice that it's no longer just a volleyball podcast. Yeah, no, I love what you're doing with yeah. it. It's it's really good yeah. stuff. I so. promised myself the t first 10 guests would be um, um, players or volleyball cool. people, right? You okay. Theo Brunner, you Jeff Samuels, who's a repeat guest. Um, sure. Um, Alexa Strange, you know, Cassie House. Um, 
Yeah, some of the players were really um, – Theo, yeah, was, Theo had, was one of my favorites. John, John Mayer. Um, yeah, oh, t- God. I love that conversation. Oh, but we you, talked with- you were there from the beginning. You were there when we built Kalinske and Miles Evans. Yeah, we did that one. Jeff, and then we did Jeff, Eric. Eric Brannick. Yes. Eric um, um, Eric came back on, by the way. And, oh, Tro- and, and Troy dropped in. So Troy dropped in at the end of the podcast. So Because I, I asked Eric, it's no longer a tube cast. It's the option now, and I wanted him to get in. Yeah, Troy Field, right? AVP finalist. Yeah. Um, Jeff Alzino, one of the best coaches um, oh, in, my the, gosh. in the world, I, certainly I, in the United I, States. I love talking to Jeff. I'm a huge Jeff fan. You know what we should do? We should share some of this footage after the, the the podcast because what you me jeff and jaron barreto who was also a guest on oh, the show that, that was week, a good one yeah um we talked for an hour and 10 minutes about coaching off camera yeah and i'm that's like right. we did we hung out for a while and that's i'm true. like i'm like oh i just turned this camera off you jackass yeah. <laughs> i just turned it off why oh why oh, this, <laughs> this this mind-blowing knowledge that that jeff that alzino was just Oh. Boom, boom, boom. No, boom. I told that story that day. I sat next to him at the San Jose 1440 match and watching that guy call point for point what was going to happen. It was like sitting with an absolute, like a psychic. Oh, the P1440. Yeah. Yeah. It was like sitting with a psychic. He's like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I, he was right every time. Mystic Mac. Yeah. He was also yeah. in uh, um, Vegas. He was calling. He was calling some center court matches in Vegas. Oh Vegas. yeah, yeah. They gave. I did court five for the whole thing. Okay. I did court five, which is great. You know, with my okay. highlight being Kelly Larson and Stockman against um, um Brandy Wilkerson and Bansley, because oh that's a great because match. they shut down center court and the only court that was playing was court five, my court. So, and then when their 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 site went down, they were like, "Wait, is this up somewhere?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Facebook Live." Uh, yeah. What's your name? And I'm like, just you go on, go on NY Varsity Sports. You don't have to be my friend. So, uh-huh. and I and they and and that's what actually um, got me the job. Um, that was like my audition, and they so listened good. To me, and they listened to me call that match, and it was great because I knew we, you know, we know enough about the Canadians and the Americans. Yeah. Where we don't have to research, we know their history. So, right. And then from there, I did all of Pepperdine's home games, and then um, the Big West Championship when Hawaii played Cal Poly. I was with um, Robert Sparrow, Mike Dodd. Tim Hov, Travis Muirwitter, my we were the the Fab Five, the fabulous five. Super so, fun. Well, you good, bring great year for me last year. Great year yeah. for me last year, dude. Got my first team in the main draw. Jake nice. uh, Earl Schultz and Jake uh, Hermosa Beach. Yeah. They never made the draw. Was they, that they, they in picked, Hermosa? Yep. Yeah, I remember. On my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, that's right. That's I'm just good like, stuff. dude, do I get a lap dance too? I mean, <laughs> just all of this stuff happening. Do you want a drink? Do you want a frozen drink? <laughs> It's a great time and good time for yeah. you and good time for your kids. Your, you know, congratulations, your kids uh, going Thank to Stanford. You, you got um, uh, your daughter who's probably going to easily go uh, one of Hector's favorite, favorite players because she she's got that that giddy optimism and that work ethic and that that a little bit of killer. Yeah, she got a little bit of killer. Yeah, she does. she's got she's definitely got more edge than I did. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, I've, I'm impressed with she goes after things hard. And I, I learned that as I got older, but, um, yeah, she's, she's got some killer instinct for sure. Oh my God. Wendy, thanks for surviving this. I, we were, I, thanks to me, I, we were all over the place. I drove us off the cliff, but because, but because (laughs) it's your truck, but because it's your truck, it climbed, it climbed up, (laughs) climbed up on its own. (laughs) 
Well, Ladies, if you've ever seen that. this woman's vehicle, listen, she is a mom, not a conservationist. Okay. She's got a truck. <laughs> I'm blowing you up. Sorry. <laughs> You're all good. Well, thank you for having me. Mm, cool. Um, let's plug in before we go. Let's plug in the Optimist Journal. How can people? Yeah. Uh, so you the can, site, um, how can people listen? You, yeah. My website is uh, theoptimistjournal.com. And um, you can find me on Instagram at optim. It's optimistsjourn, J-O-U-R-N. And um, yeah, the Optimist Journal on Facebook, Wendy Jones, um, all of those things. So I just, I love writing. Come read my blog, subscribe to Everyday Optimism. And I have a book called 365 Days of Optimism. If you're looking for a mindfulness practice, that's just a little bit at a time. So check out my website. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Wendy Jones. This is episode 36 of the Option Podcast. For all of you at home, for all of you standing online with your iPad at Starbucks, social distancing, for all of you on your iPhones or Androids listening to this podcast, this live version of the podcast, for Wendy Jones, I am Jason DeBeas, and we both say to you, so long, we're out. Thanks, Jason. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.